the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Cornerstone Connection with Pastor Gary Hamrick. Real love is calling, listen, truth opens up your eyes. Mercy is waiting for you with every sunrise. When you don't have God's peace about it, don't move forward. I can't say this strongly enough. I can't exhort you strongly enough because I've spoken to too many people who have made dreadful decisions because they went against their peace and they live to regret it. Never violate your peace. I don't care how wonderful the opportunity is. I don't care that it's once in a lifetime. I don't care how pretty she is or charming he is. If you don't have a peace, don't go there. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Psalms. If you are a Christian, the Holy Spirit can speak peace into any situation in your life. We should be very careful not to ignore the guidance of the Holy Spirit when He is cautioning us to do or not do something. In today's message, Pastor Gary will caution us to avoid the consequences of decisions made by feelings alone. Opinions that aren't guided by the Holy Spirit are not worth the heavy price we will pay for listening to them. Read God's Word, submerge yourself in His presence, and let Him speak to you in the way that you should go. Well, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of Psalms, chapter 119, with part two of his message, The Blessings and benefits of the Bible. And he said, Let your light so shine before men that they might see your good deeds and glorify my Father which is in heaven. So the more we live like Christ, the more we may not be very accepted by the world. The more we pour a little salt in the wound, the more we shine a little light in the darkness, the more we represent Christ in our world, the more the world may in fact hate us, accuse us, ridicule us, patronize us, insult us. It's okay. It might mean then that you're living an example of Christ in your life. Jesus says, don't be surprised by it. So because... We all need a fixed reference point for truth. And the Bible serves to be that, at least for my life and for our church. It's, it's what shapes my thoughts. It's what shapes my values. It's what shapes my perspective. It's what shapes my principles. It's what shapes my behavior, my everything. It is a fixed truth in the heavens. It's not up for debate. This is God's word for the ages. When I believe it, when I live it, it will sometimes be counterculture. Truth is sometimes unpopular. But the Bible is God's eternally fixed truth in the heavens 
for my life, for your life. Here's the next section here in Psalm 119. If you look at verse 97, the Hebrew letter is the word mem. Verse 97, Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from every evil path, so that I, may, I might obey your word. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. So circle or highlight verse 97, if you would, in your Bibles. And again, it says, oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Does this guy not have a job? I mean, how is he able to do that? He's just, he's just ruminating on it all day long. He's contemplating. He's considering it. He's meditating on it all day long. He uses the word meditate again in verse 99. It's the only two times this word is used in all of chapter 119. As I meditate on your, on your laws all day long, verse 99, for I meditate on your statutes. And the wonderful thing about God's word, when you consider the psalmist talking here about, I meditated on it, you know, my mind is focused and I, I just contemplate these things. I consider these things. This is a wonderful reminder for us. It's number 13 on the list. It provides me with a safe place to rest my mind. The Bible provides a safe place for me to rest my mind. Have you ever been troubled by your thoughts? You ever been troubled by your thoughts? Condemning thoughts? Anxious thoughts? Tempting thoughts? Fearful thoughts? Vengeful thoughts? Sad thoughts? Thoughts about the past that haunt you? Thoughts about the present that concern you? Thoughts about the future that worry you? I mean, all day long, we can be just constantly tormented by our thoughts and just think about this and think about that and think about the other. You know, when you ever ask somebody sometime, hey, what are you thinking? And they say nothing. How do they do that? <laughs> I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't have an off button in my mind. It just is constantly going. Now, one thing I am very thankful for is that I'm able to, I'm able to turn it off long enough to fall asleep. I hit the pillow and I'm out like that. I mean, my wife says to me, like, how do you do that? Okay, but if I were to wake up in the middle of the night, oh, <laughs> oh, my mind starts firing on all cylinders, and I just start thinking about the most random things. Just in the middle of the night, I'm like, did I, did I shut the garage door? Did I lock all the, oh my goodness, is that rain I hear? I got to get that sump pump replaced. It's been 13 years. Down. Why do they even put a sump pump in basements? Why do they do that to us? Oh my goodness, I got that bill to pay. Is the car inspected? I got to mow the lawn. When am I going to get that done? When will it stop? Just constantly over and over and over again. Our minds, restless. Our minds are restless and very Fragile, And we need a safe harbor where we can dock our minds. The Bible is that place. The Bible is that place to give rest to your minds. The psalmist says, I meditate on your word all day long. 
I, I just contemplate and consider and I just ruminate. It just rolls over and over in my mind, just your precepts and your statutes. Because as I saturate my mind with the Word of God, it allows my mind to rest. To rest. The human brain is a very complex organ. I'm going to give you some stats about the human brain. This is just amazing information. The human brain, the average human brain, you know, this isn't necessarily your human brain. It kind of depends what you've done. Um, (laughs) But normally speaking, the average human brain contains about 100 billion nerve cells. 100 billion nerve cells. Weighs on average three pounds. Has the consistency of jello. It floats in a sea of cerebrospinal fluid. Your brain is 73% water. It takes only 2% dehydration to affect your attention, memory, and other cognitive skills. All brain cells are not alike. There are as many as 10,000 specific types of neurons in the brain. Teenage brains are not fully formed. Shocking. (laughs) It isn't until about the age of 25 that the human brain reaches full maturity. Now, teenagers in the house, listen to me. You can use this to your advantage. Because a mom and dad are like, I keep telling you, take out the trash, walk the dog, make your bed. You can just look at them and say, did you hear the sermon? I I, I don't have a full capacity brain. (laughs) It's a brain problem. Now, it's a double-edged sword, though, okay? Because mom and dad can say to you, when you say, can I have the keys? Uh, I'm not going to trust keys to somebody with half a brain. So, you know, <laughs> it cuts both ways. But listen to this statistic. A piece of brain tissue the size of a grain of sand contains 100,000 neurons and 1 billion synapses all communicating with each other. A piece of brain tissue the size of a grain of sand. 100,000 neurons, 1 billion synapses, all communicating with each other. And, And to think all of this because we climbed out of pond scum. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. Are you sarcastic? Yes, I am. Look, look at how God has intricately designed one of the most spectacular organs in the human body. A piece of brain matter the size of a grain of sand, 100,000 neurons, and 1 billion synapses all communicating to each other. Now, what happens? What happens when just one of those neurons, one of those synapses, misfires? What happens when we get just mentally overwhelmed? What happens when we become mentally exhausted? Where do we go to get rest for our minds? The Bible. It provides me with a safe place to rest my mind. The psalmist says, oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. I meditate on all your statutes. Because he understands that by bathing his mind in the word of God, it brings rest and peace to weary, tired minds.
This is a beautiful part about God's word. Read it. See if, see if what I'm not saying doesn't happen in your own life. It causes us to experience a greater measure of just God's peace as it washes over our thoughts. The last section we'll look at for today is here in verse 105. The letter that marks this section is pronounced noon, not none. That is something different that uh, some of you grew up with who threw rulers across your knuckles. Uh, This word is noon, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. I have taken an oath and confirmed it that I will follow your righteous laws. I have suffered much. Preserve my life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept, O Lord, the willing praise of my mouth and teach me your laws. Though I constantly take my life in my hands, I will not forget your law. The wicked have set a snare for me, but I have not strayed from your precepts. Your statutes are my heritage forever. They are my joy, the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. So I'm going to highlight verse 105 with you. It's a, it's a very uh, popular verse, probably one of the most popular in this entire chapter. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Number 14 on our list, it helps me to discern God's will and direction for my life. When I graduated from high school, my grandmother gave me a Bible, not this one, but she gave me a Bible. I think she really saw the Lord's calling on my life before I did. And on the inside cover of the Bible, she wrote this verse, Psalm 119, 105. She said, may this, may this book, may God's word be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. And probably because, you know, when your grandmother does something like that, there's some sentimentality attached to it. That verse has become one of my favorite verses of all time, and I can tell you that it is proven to be true in my life, that to the degree that we get into God's Word and understand what He says, either explicitly through passages or implicitly through principles, it will help you to discern God's will and God's direction for your life. When you read the Bible, either directly through certain passages or indirectly through the principles, you will help to understand God's will and God's direction for your life. It's probably the number one question I get in ministry. How can I discern the will of God for my life? So I'm going to share very quickly three things. And the first one on the top of the list is what we're saying right here. The counsel of God's word will go a long way in helping you to discern God's direction and God's will for your life. Read your Bibles. Because certain passages will speak to you directly or certain principles will speak to you indirectly. And all of it is good counsel from God. Okay, now, again, there are some passages that speak very directly. Uh, If some of you, for example, as a Christian are planning to sue somebody else, maybe a neighbor, a co-worker, somebody who's done you, and they are a Christian, the Bible has something to say about it. And we're talking about civil lawsuits, not criminal. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6... If you're a believer and someone else is a believer, don't take them to court. Okay, so that's a pretty clear passage that would help you to discern the will of God. Should I sue this person? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. You're a believer. He or she's a believer. The answer is no. Should I pay my taxes? Is that the will of God for me to pay my taxes? Well, nobody likes to pay their taxes. But Romans 13, there's actually a passage about paying your taxes to the government. So the answer is yes, that's the will of God. But what about other questions that aren't necessarily in the Bible? Should I move to New Jersey? (laughs) 
Jersey's not in the Bible. By the way, I'm not sure you really need a verse on that anyway, do you? Actually, we have listeners on the radio in New Jersey. I meant North Dakota. <laughs> North Dakota. But the idea is this. How, how can I discern? Does God want me to move here? Does God want me to take this job? By reading the word, you will be able to discern either directly or indirectly passages or principles to help you know what God would want. It says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. God's instruction to Joshua in Joshua 1.8 was meditate on my word day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it and then you will be prosperous and successful. The blessing in Joshua's life in terms of his direction and success came because he meditated on the word of God and then God spoke to him through the pages of scripture. The second thing that is important is the comfort of God's peace. Now here's a verse, Colossians 3:15. Colossians 3:15 says, "Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts." That word to rule in the Greek is barbuo and barbuo translates to act as an umpire to arbitrate between disputes. In baseball an umpire calls fair or foul. Balls or strikes. The umpire is giving direction and judgment to the event. In Colossians 3.15, when it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, what it tells us is that there is an inner umpire by God's spirit that through his peace will either confirm something or because of the lack of his peace will either tell us otherwise. Okay, now we're not talking about gut feelings. We're not talking about, you know, making decisions based on feelings. I'm talking about as someone who knows Christ. If you've been a Christian for very long, you know the difference. I know when I have God's peace and I know when I don't. And if you've been a Christian for very long, you get to understand that over time. When you have a sense of peace, like something is right on and then you don't. And we have sayings like in churches, Christianese, like, that. well, I have a check in my spirit. All right. So we know what that means. A check in my spirit just basically means I don't have a peace about it. When you don't have God's peace about it, don't move forward. I can't say this strongly enough. I can't exhort you strongly enough because I've spoken to too many people who have made dreadful decisions because they went against their peace and they live to regret it. Never violate your peace. I don't care how wonderful the opportunity is. I don't care that it's once in a lifetime. I don't care how pretty she is or charming he is. If you don't have a peace, don't go there. Never violate your peace. So number one is the counsel of God's word. Number two is the comfort of God's peace. And number three, God will often use the confirmation of others in our lives to help bring that confirmation to what he has already been speaking to our hearts. Now, listen to my language on that because I'm, I'm intentionally being careful. Never let somebody come up to you and say, and say to you, the Lord told me to tell you this and that you're supposed to act on it. If someone has a word from the Lord for you, which can be legitimate, you've got to always test the vessel, and you always have to align it with Scripture. That's fundamental to all of these three points. A word from someone else should only serve to be a confirmation, never direction. Why do I say that? Because as a Christian, why would you want to get firsthand information through a secondhand source? 
You're able to hear directly from God. If God wants you to know that, God will tell you that. But then what God might often do to help you understand that it is really from him is he'll bring someone along who will say something to you. Now, sometimes God's put it on someone's heart to say something. Other times they say something casually. They don't even know they've been used by the Lord. That's fine, too. You might know, though. You see, because if they begin to say something that the Lord has already been dealing with you about, then it brings confirmation to what God has already been speaking to your heart about. Let me give you an example in Scripture. In Acts, there is this occasion when Peter is sent to the house of Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. And the beauty of his ministry at the house of Cornelius was that God was working at both ends so that they would each understand this was the work of God. In Acts chapter 10, verses 4 and 5, an angel appears to Cornelius. He's a Roman centurion, a Gentile. He loves God, but he doesn't know Jesus. He's very benevolent with his money. And an angel of the Lord appears to him and says, your offerings have been received by the Lord. He sees your good deeds. He knows your heart. I'm paraphrasing. The angel says, but you, you, you need something more. You need a relationship with Jesus. I want you to send some messengers and go to the house of a guy named Simon, who's also called Peter, who's in Joppa. Now, what God was doing on Peter's end was, there Peter is in this house in Joppa, and the Lord begins to speak to him through a vision and the Spirit of God spoke to Peter through this vision and said, there's going to be some messengers that come to your front door, and when they knock, I want you to go with them. So it wasn't that when the messengers get there and they knock on Peter's door, Peter opened up the door and the guy said, hey, the Lord says you're supposed to come with me. And then the, Peter's like, oh, okay, I didn't know that. No, Peter already was prepared. It was confirmation. So when the Lord begins to move in your life to direct you somewhere, wait on it, pause, pray about it, confirm it through Scripture, see if you have God's peace, and sometimes God will bring also confirmation from other people to help just solidify that. Everybody wants to know the will of God and the discernment of God's will for their lives, but I can tell you it begins with point number one, the counsel of God's Word. Because through Scripture, you will get to know the Lord himself, so that you will be able to understand what is the peace of God. And through Scripture, you will be able then to filter what other people say to you so you understand legitimate confirmation from illegitimate words. So you have to be grounded in Scripture to be able to test all these things and to know these things. But it's an important step in understanding and discerning the will of God. And this is what the psalmist is saying here. The Word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The Word of God is wisdom for today and insight for tomorrow. Hear the language. It's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The lamp idea to your feet is that it shines on the most immediate thing. Okay? God's Word will address the thing now in your life. But it is also like a light to my path that also shines down the road a little bit so that you can also receive some clarity and understanding about things that are to come in the sense of bigger picture things, okay? The more immediate and bigger picture things, God's Word will help us to discern. So these three, just by way of summary today, number 12 it provides an eternal source of truth that it was settled in the heavens. Number 13, it provides me with a safe place to rest my mind. And number 14, it helps me to discern God's will and direction for my life. 
psalm we read is intended to point us to one thing, the sovereignty of our Creator. Through pain, tears, joy, and praise, we meet a new characteristic of God with each new chapter. Though we don't know the melodies that accompany this collection of old, we benefit from the deeply passionate and poetic words. We hope your soul has been touched by the teaching you heard today on Cornerstone Connection. Pastor Gary Hamrick will return soon with more from this Old Testament book. But in the meantime, you'll be able to find additional messages at cornerstoneconnection.cc. We'd like to encourage you to download our mobile app while you're there so you can stay connected to God's Word wherever you happen to be. Each day can be made brighter by the love and power of our Lord. And it's so convenient to have it right at your fingertips. If you live in or are visiting the Leesburg area, we'd love for you to come be a part of our weekly worship services on Sundays. Cornerstone Chapel meets at 8.30, 10, and 11.45 a.m. each week. Or try our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. For directions and more information, visit cornerstoneconnection.cc. That's all for today, but be sure to join us next time for another in-depth look at the Psalms right here on Cornerstone Connection. They say you're a wandering soul That you've got no place to go But still you know You're not Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.